Hey guys, um, this is the Tanya for Chaf Hey Shvat, the 25th of Shvat, um, end of chapter 27. So a little bit of a flow, the Altar Abba is in the midst of discussing all the different, or many, many different, I would say all, because Altar Abba, that's what I say all, because that's what the Altar Abba says at the beginning of Tanya, that this answers everything that you would talk about in Yechidus. So essentially, the Altar Abba just taught us for the whole first 25 parts of Tanya, 25 chapters, you have parts, you have soul, you're not bad for having parts, this is your divine mission to have parts. Um, you also have soul, um, you also have higher consciousness, the ability to tap into a vision of reality that isn't just impulsive and reactive, but that is actually, that actually sees what's going on, you know? Um, and you actually have the ability to tap into that, and once you tap into that, parts don't go away, but what happens is you're actually then able to deal with your parts and acknowledge your parts in the way that um, in the way that the divine mission is, you know, in the way that we're meant to, is it, you know. Um, so anybody who says that, oh, to be to be fully holy, you know, you're meant to just kind of live in the state of purity, you know, and never struggle with anything. I have conquered all my stuff. Um, literally, that's what Altar is talking against right now he's literally saying that's it's just not the case there's gonna be things that are coming up in the life of a bainani um so chapter 26 was and and those things that are coming up aren't a response to there being something broken about you it's a response to you being exactly what i'm creating you to be um and within that space of those things coming up you have the ability to tap into soul and then from that space of soul acknowledge those parts in the way that you're meant to and in the way that allows you to get an even higher place of self and an even higher place. You know, like we talked about yesterday, that once the eagle, once you get the eagle down, once you kind of look at that eagle and say, I see what you actually are, just like that villager, then it comes down and then you're actually able to stand on it and go to an even higher place than before. Um, the visualization is just so real, you know, like Hashem isn't just saying like, oh, deal with your parts for the sake of any, for the sake of it, for the sake of it, you know, it's deal with your parts because the purpose of creation you know, the ultimate goal of creation is to get to this place of dear betachtonim. And dear betachtonim is when we is when we live in a state where we're, when we have, what's dear betachtonim? I think dear betachtonim is when we are in this, when we kind of culminate in this process. The, the culmination of dear betachtonim, I think, is when we have dealt with our parts to such an extent that they have almost like become the soil that we're standing on. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not random. Like I always, like when people say things to me like that, oh, they're so scared that they're ruining, that they're messing up their kids because they're giving them so much trauma and all this stuff. Like my feeling always about it is like, I know my childhood stuff. I know what I've been through. Obviously you never want to intentionally give a kid trauma, but like at the end of the day, the things that I have been through and the things that I have, the things that I have worked through based on the things that I have been through, you know what I mean? Have have made me blossom in ways that I would not have blossomed had that had those things not existed you know so it's like you read but on a very deep level that the parts of us that we have based on our childhood experiences you know parts are formed based on the way we experience ourselves when we're kids and based on experiences that we have and they're all based though on this animal soul of separateness consciousness right so like i feel alone i feel separate from mom and then mom isn't giving me what i need so then it's gonna create this story in my head of i'm unloved etc etc um where am i going with this (laughs) but essentially 
us dealing with our parts isn't just a random thing that we have to do to reach somewhere else. Us dealing with our parts and 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 working with them is really essentially and actually the purpose of creation. <laughs> so chapter 26 was about the part that says, but things are hard, things are bad. You know, either there's a bad thing that's happening to me or there's a bad thing that I did and it's just, you feel the sadness from it and it's just like, help, ah, I'm, I, this, is ha- this is hard. Um, so we talked about the response from the place of soul to that state of sadness. And we talked about true sadness and true sadness that comes from soul instead of parts, which is essentially a sadness that you're choosing to feel, you know, a sadness that you're not a victim of, but that you are bravely feeling. Um, and what happens when we feel that sadness is that it often washes through us because true sadness is meant to be felt. And, um, and when we feel it, it, it accomplishes its purpose. <laughs> um, but where else? Okay, I'm not going to go through the whole Tanya right now. But yeah, chapter 26 was cool. Um, I'm a little distracted because sometimes when there are, are, I'm not in the space right now. And sometimes when there are like other people around me that like I don't, use, I don't usually hear by Tanya, I'm like, ah. <laughs> like I get, it's, it's vulnerable. This whole thing is vulnerable, honestly. But sometimes like you get used to the vulnerability and then you just can do it easier. But sometimes it gets harder. Um, okay, chapter 27 was all about, so basically each of these chapters are different voices of self-talk that come up and that say, well, this, I, you know, this part and then this part, the, these parts that come up that have these real things that they say, and it's going to look a little bit different for every person, but overall, and it sounds funny to say this, but we all pretty much struggle with the same stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, so chapter 27 is all about the voice that says, why am I still, why am I still dealing with this? Why am I still struggling with the same things? Why do these things still come up? I thought I've healed. I thought I figured this out. You know, I thought I passed this. Why am I still struggling with this? So we talked about that. that We talked about the power that the author told us about how from this this perspective of soul, soul knows that all soul wants to do is do a mitzvah. That's really all it wants. It wants to connect to Hashem. And so when soul sees, when parts the part that sees that I'm still struggling with this and then the part that's like, oh, and now you're a loser and you're such a failure because you're still struggling with this and da-da-da, all these things. When soul sees that I'm still struggling with something, soul says, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity to do a mitzvah. You have this opportunity right now to find Hashem in this moment and to do this positive mitzvah, to do the negative mitzvah of not going after your minds and hearts, to create consciousness in that moment. And that's amazing that's a positive thing that's an exciting thing and that's a reason to be happy and not only that what's happening in those moments that i say no to a part that i have iskafia on a part iskafia essentially is okay now we're actually starting today's tanya so um long introduction baruch hashem (laughs) but iskafia essentially is the ability to look at a part and say i know you're not me not you don't exist Iskafia is not looking at sadness and saying, I'm not even sad. I, I have no sadness. I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy. That's not Iskafia. That is denial and arrogance, honestly. That would fall into the category of, of the arrogant person that's saying, I think I should be a tzaddik. I shouldn't even have sadness inside of me. Saying, I'm not even sad. I'm not even anxious. I, I don't, I'm not struggling with this. That's literally gasas ruach. It's an inflation of spirit. It's saying there is something that's true about me or that should be true about me that isn't reality. Bainani's approach to, to sadness is iskafia, which is that moment of when you, when you have that, that visceral das experience of sadness, 
and the ability to look at it and with two hands, <laughs> you know, called the to push it away. But what does pushing it away mean? It doesn't mean go away, I never can see you again. I have to deny that you're here. That pushing away is I'm pushing you out of my out of the fullness of who I am. I'm pushing you out of my self-identity. I am not you. You are something that I am feeling for generally very good reasons. We don't feel sadness for nothing. You know what I mean? But you are not the fullness of who I am. And that's Escafia, that ability to look at, just like that villager, I just, I keep on coming back to that story because it's just such a profound visualization of like that guy who's like inciting chaos in the kingdom. And then that guy that just went over to him and he's like, I, I don't even need to fight with you. I know who you actually are, you know? And it's that moment of, looking at the emotional experiences that the impulsive experiences that come up whether it's towards sadness anxiety desires to do an avera anything that's stemming from separateness consciousness everything anything that's stemming from i am alone not connected to hashem in this moment the ability to look at that part and just say i know you are not the fullness of who i am i can breathe in this moment and now from that place of breath I can actually choose how I acknowledge you. I can choose what I want to do with you. And already the altar has said so many times that often the thing to do with those moments is then to set, take set times and then acknowledge them. Feel that sadness. Deal with that thought. Think it through. All of it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's all from the space of breath and of choice and of consciousness of, of me saying, I'm not, I'm not a victim of you. I'm not enwrapped fully by your arms i can enwrap you i can hold you you know so um it's very powerful anyways today's tanya um continues on into oh and then also just the end of yesterday's tanya was about how what happens when we do that is it's not a small deal what happens when we do that is is actually the most intimate and enormous divine pleasure it's as if the entire there's a huge cosmic shift of 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 nachas ruach in hashem whatever that means i'm not really sure but it's a big deal it's not we're not just doing this because oh we have to deal with our stuff it's like like i was saying at the beginning of this recording like it's actually purpose of creation you know iskafia and ishapcha but ishapcha we talked about this a lot yesterday after the recording after the class was over that ishapcha is always part two of Iskafia. And that's going to come up in the end of today's Tanya, but you can't have Ishapcha without Iskafia. Ishapcha is the moment as transformation. And it's the moment that you look at a part and you say, why are you actually here? You know, in IFS language, it would be the question of, if you weren't doing this job of protecting me through anxiety, sadness, loneliness, binge eating, whatever it is, what would you actually be doing? What would you want to be doing? And oftentimes, usually, the parts say, I would want you to live in a connection. I'd want you to play. I'd want you to express yourself in your fullest glory. You know, I'd want you to dance. I'd, the, the part actually wants unity. The part actually wants love. The part actually wants connectedness. But it builds up these walls because, you know, that's the purpose of it in, its, in this lifetime. And it's in, in, in natural language, it builds up these walls because of the trauma that it experienced. You know what I mean? But the trauma that it experienced was all Hashkach HaPratis. It was all Hashem creating this story so that we can then come back and, and raise ourselves to an even higher space. It's like that eagle, <coughs> that like, <coughs> that eagle that like spread its wings. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Whew. Um, 
that eagle that like spread its wings so vast in the sky and like any trauma that happened any thing that happened in a person's life it's like the eagle's wings spread farther and farther and farther and then as as far as the eagle's wings spread that's how dark the person's going to experience their life because that is cost casting a huge shadow right the goal the first step is just like Maisha told B'nai Israel when they were dealing with, I forget what it was that they were dealing with, but there was something bad going on. And the Maisha put a snake up on this thing. Why? Because he said, you guys have to look up. You have to look up. You have to stop living in this space that you think that the darkness is the only reality. You guys are all looking down and thinking that the darkness, this shadow that's being cast upon by this eagle that's soaring ahead of you, you think that that's life. You think that's who you are. Look up, notice that there is this eagle in the sky that you have the ability to now look at this eagle and say, you are not who I am. You are a part of me, sure. You are part of Hashem's world, sure. And I already know that from the beginning of Tanya, literally, this eagle isn't something separate, this alien creature that flew in from outer space to hurt me. This is part of Hashem's world. This is part of who I am, but it's not the fullness of who I am. And once I look at it and I say, I see you, just like that villager, I see you. I know you're only a messenger of the king. The eagle comes down. The eagle flies down, sits down next to me. And then I'm able to now talk to the eagle. And I can say, hey, what's your name? Let's talk. Let's converse. Let's, let me feel you. Let me understand what you've been through. You know. But that experience can only happen once I look at it and I say, you are not the fullness of who I am. I am not a victim of you. You are something that I'm experiencing. You are not me. So... Moving on in today's Tanya, it's just really wild. So today's Tanya basically takes that experience of being able to look at impulse, look at the, the naturalness of our human experience and say, you're not who I am. You're not who I am, which is, which is the state of Escafia. And what we've been talking about throughout this chapter is that that experience of doing that Escafia, this is all in response to the person that says, I'm a loser for needing to deal with this forever right? I, I just, I can't, it just keeps coming back. I, I deal with something and then it comes back again. And then I deal with something and it comes back again. And I just can't stop <clears throat> having these impulses towards anxiety, these triggers towards depression, whatever it is, um, or this desire to do this Avera. Um, and the author has been telling us it's not, wow, I keep, I keep going in circles. Um, I keep <laughs> noticing what I've been doing. Wow. Okay. Um, I keep going more and more into the, into the introduction again. Okay. Um, continuing on. Let's move onwards. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just the end of it was basically, end of yesterday's Tanya was that it's not just, it's actually a whole, it's a divine mission in itself to do this level of Escafia, to do this action of saying, Eagle, you're not who I am part you're not who I am I can part two I can deal with you but that part one of every push every moment of saying I am here you are there and now I can you know I can reel you in but only because you are not who I am it's an entire divine purpose in and of in itself so to say oh I'm so sad that I still have to deal with this it's a reason to be simcha not a reason to have atzvahs the light eyed not only this continuing on so this whole concept of fighting your sitra achra, of looking at your sitra achra and saying you're not who I am, it's not only for, Alter is now going to tell us that it's not only about things that are actually 
not good, but it's actually for things that even are completely fine. Things that even Hashem says, I want you to go do that thing. Eating, sleeping, talking, sitting on a couch, drinking a coffee, all these things that are just kind of not only, I wouldn't even necessarily even call them klipas noga. You can actually even put them in the category of like kedusha because they're really serving Hashem. You know what I mean? Eating dinner is is a positive thing, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> but Dalterb is going to tell us that not don't do those things. But Dalterb is going to tell us that <clears throat> when in the moment before you do those things, you find space of consciousness, you breathe in a moment of saying, I am not my desire for dinner right now. I am not. It's based, And what happens when we do that is we're training our brain, we're training our body to enter into the state of higher consciousness where we're not only the things that naturally come up for us, but we are the chooser of our lives. We are the ones that are living the consciousness of our lives instead of just reactiveness of our lives. So it's a pretty big deal. And it's a hard place to be. It's not easy to be in this space, but um, let's read it in Hebrew. Okay, it's, it's not easy, but it's also the most human way of being you know we think that human is reactive we think that human is just i do this because i do this and i eat dinner and i go to work and i this and that you know we think that that's human but what Altarb is telling us right now is that human human real humanness is consciousness real humanness is choice and breath and the ability to say i choose this right now i'm not just reacting to this right now so, this is also in regards to things that are completely permissible. Even when somebody sacrifices their impulse, meaning I'm not going to just chase after my impulse, even for a small moment, with the intention of subduing the sitra in the left part of his heart. So the intention is this desire is not me. I want to choose to reflect God. God is consciousness. God is choice. What's an example? And, I'm, and, and the intention is to subdue the sitra I mean, to subdue the reactive, animalistic, I just need this because I need this state. What's an example? That you want to eat. So you want to eat, but you delay your meal for one hour or less. And I love that because Altarab is literally saying, outright this is the first time the altar is saying to do this thing of like not chasing after the permissible and the first thing the altar tells us is one hour or less don't go hungry this is not altar is not telling us to go hungry <laughs> it's not the point going hungry would be another part trying to lean you into klipa going hungry is literally the biggest klipa in the world you know it's it's not what hashem wants from us it's one hour or less because all of this is about it's about training you're not supposed to do things that hurt you but what you are supposed to do is within the realm of things that don't hurt you you can train yourself to access higher consciousness you can train yourself to access access choice and breath and <sighs> choice that that it's literally like like i'm experiencing it right now as i'm as i'm saying these words it's like this breath that you breathe in that suddenly you're seeing the world and you're seeing yourself through this lens that isn't just swimming through life but you are this powerful human you are this powerful being of light that is surging with with electricity and with joy and with love and with choice and with the ability to say i i i wanted i want to live this life that i i want to live 
you know? And I want to live my divine purpose. And like, and like it's, it's like literally strength. It's like superpower strength. But all of that comes through this subjugation, quote unquote, for one hour or less, meaning not at the expense. It's never at the expense of our body's health. What can we do in that one hour instead? We can study Torah in that time, aka tap into the space of soul that's beyond part. So it's not just about going to another thing that's impulsive, it's tapping into the space beyond impulsivity. So the Gemara states the fourth hour is when all men eat, but the sixth hour is the meal time for scholars. They would go hungry for two hours with this intention. But notice that the Altarb is saying for us one hour, meaning I don't think that the Altarb is telling us to copy them. The Altarb is saying, you know, do what your body can do. Even though after the meal, they would study all day. So right after eating, they were going to go learn anyways. It's not like they were like learning less because of their eating. But it was that moment of saying consciousness. I am going to choose when I eat. I'm going to choose when I have my dinner. It's not... It's not only, I'm just going to eat dinner because I eat dinner. I'm going to actually make this conscious choice. And honestly, one of the easiest ways to do this avoda is to literally just make a habit out of making brachos out loud, which personally I find difficult, but I think I'm going to start to do that. Maybe even just today. I'm going to take on the hachata just for today. Of that consciousness of saying, before I eat, I'm going to make this bracha with intention. And what I'm doing there is I'm saying, I'm not just eating. I'm, I'm not just reactively eating. I'm living in consciousness i'm living in breath i'm living in my divine glory <laughs> like in this divine strength this is a very relatable one <laughs> if one restrains his mouth from saying things which he greatly desires to say concerning mundane matters so it's not even lashantara but it's just you really really need to say it right now i just need to say it i need to say it but that moment of saying, wait, do I need to say this? Let me say this in 10 seconds. Let me, let me stop for 10 seconds, breathe, and then I'll say it. You know, what do I, do I need to? Do I need to? Am I this reactive, impulsive person? Or am I somebody that's sitting in the seat of my soul and that has the ability to choose the way I live my life? Also with regard to the thoughts in my mind. Oh, I need to think this thought. It's, I, I'm, it, it has to, do I need to? I can think something else for a moment. Even by the slightest subjugation of the Sitra Akhra here below, the glory of God and His holiness is greatly elevated. So the author was telling us these are minute, small actions. They're small moments of choosing consciousness over reactivity. It's small moments, not big things, but those small moments literally cause cosmic shifts. They cause light to expand and burst in the cosmos so it's a big deal but it's coming from small moments and, and honestly Altar was going to say this at the end of Tanya but these small moments that happen and Altar was saying these big shifts happen but like you feel it like for me at least when I experience these small moments where I say like okay I'm in, I'm in the seat of consciousness I'm in the seat of choice I don't have to react right now like this I feel amazing <laughs> Like the way that I feel, the amazingness that I feel, it seems like it far surpasses that small moment of choice that I did. And I think that that's what Altar was saying here. Like that feeling that I feel, and Altar actually already did say this, that that feeling that I feel is the then response of, it's like the cycle. It's like, I do this, the, the, the Sitra Akhra is subdued above, 
the Hashem's glory is revealed, which then comes back down into my state of being, and I'm actually able to experience that. So, the so it's it's a cycle. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's literally what the says right now. I thought I had learned it yesterday, but it's for today's Tanya. From this holiness that is then revealed above, this sublime holiness from above is drawn down onto the person below. To give him a powerful aid, the atzim, powerful and great aid, in my service of God. So now not only is it great up there, but actually in myself, I experience this surge of power and surge of light said if a man kedusha kedusha literally means to separate that's what kedusha means and what we're saying right now is what are we separating ourselves from we're separating ourselves from sitra achra which we're right now translating as impulsive desire as the thing that comes up in this moment the 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 taivas alam hazeh. This is what it is. So I'm going to chase after it. That's the situation right now that we're separating ourselves from. And we're tapping into the space inside of us that says, I can actually choose. I can literally choose how I want to respond right now. I don't have to just respond because it's what's coming up. Um, it's sanctified greatly from above. This is apart from the fact that when one does the mitzvah of the Torah, you're doing this. That you're becoming separating yourselves and, sep- and and becoming holy. This is the meaning of sanctify yourselves. You should make yourselves holy. It's true. It's true. In truth, you're not actually. You can never fully be separate from sitra achra. It's gonna keep coming back. Just this is what the parakel Zion is about. That it's gonna keep coming back. The sitra achra is gonna keep knocking. So you're never gonna fully separate yourself. But wait. Um, it's, it's gonna be as strong as it was at the beginning of your life the animal soul never goes away it doesn't just it doesn't not for abandoning and if you want it to go away it's because you think you're meant to be at sadik parts aren't going to just disappear they don't disappear they stay there and and i think i was just thinking about that i think that this concept that we have of that our parts are meant to go away and that we're meant to be holy and pure I think it's almost like a Christian idea, you know, like that holiness is white, pure, not, oh, ooh, ah, you know, uh, abstination, uh, you know, like, but that's what Dr. B is saying is that holiness doesn't mean purity. Holiness means that I'm full of the vivaciousness of my animal soul. I feel it and I look at it and I say, you're not the fullness of who I am. That's holiness, that, the, to be kaddish from it, to say, I am not you. But it doesn't mean that you have to die. It doesn't mean that I have to kill you. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I have to put you in a dungeon and never let you come out. I can hold you. And at set times, I can discuss what you actually want. And I can go to therapy about you. And I can daven about you. And I can pray about you. And I could meditate. I can do all these things with you. But the kadash is the moment of saying, you're not who I am. You're not the fullness of who I am. My darkness, my fear, my sadness, my anxiety, it doesn't define me. That's the kadash. He subdues his evil, his, I just read evil impulse, but literally that's what it is. He, the author doesn't even say evil. It just says Yitzray, his inclination. Um, and he separates himself from it. You will be holy. Um, 
yeah, just one last thought, and then I'm going to read the last three lines, which is a completely separate thing. But just one last thought about this is that, you know, nobody looks at Wim Hof and says, oh, he's so, he's so um, subjugated. <laughs> you know, like, <clears throat> he's so imprisoned. He's so limited. Like, but at the same time, Wim Hof is like, what he does is he says, I feel I'm, I'm going to this cold shower. And while I'm in the cold shower, I know it can't hurt me. But I'm going to feel this inclination that's going to say, leave. This is, this is dangerous. This is going to hurt. Don't do this. But he says, I breathe through it. Breathe through it. Breathe through it. Breathe through it. You know, you're, you are not that you don't end where your desire starts. You don't end where your impulse starts. And nobody looks at him. People look at Wim Hof and he's the freest man in the world. And that he's constantly doing this work. And I think that when we think about this concept of you know, to sanctify yourself with the permissible, it has a very bad rap based on our conditioning from like high school <laughs> of like, oh, we have to be subjugated and bittle and don't do that. Even the uh, mitzvahs, we already have so many mitzvahs and then we also have to not do the things that we can do. Like, ah. Uh. But literally what Dr. was saying here is like, he's like, I'm giving you the superpower. Tara and mitzvahs are giving you the superpower way before Wim Hof. You know, which is the ability to look at the impulses that you, the impulses that you have and say, you are not the fullness of who I am. I am the one that can choose. I have soul. I have the ability to live in consciousness, to live from a higher state of being that I can now choose you. You are not me, (laughs) you know, and it's just, it's really a superpower and it's not, it's subject, um, it's subjugation because it's looking at that part and subjugating it quote unquote but it's not subjugation of self it's not subjugation of subjugation of who i actually am it's subject i don't even know what the word subjugating means honestly what, you, what does that mean but it's subjugating the the part that is victimizing me underneath its hold and saying you are not me i'm not going to be a victim of you and once i do that then i am in my power and now i can make my next right i can make my next choice i can do the next right thing but essentially, the main point of Parak Zion is that that process isn't the result of there being something wrong with us. It's the result. It's it's the purpose of our lives. <laughs> so when the, when those impulses come up, we have an opportunity. Kleimar, uh, okay. So visum kadeshim Kleimar. So now these last two lines, which I just thought was so special, the author but essentially says, "It's true. You're going to have to do this for the rest of your life, but it's also true that it gets easier." it does get easier the more that we can lean into the state of higher consciousness of living from this place of choice and breath through minute practices small little little and sometimes it's breath and sometimes it's just saying no and sometimes it's choosing to do a mitzvah when i don't want to and sometimes it's just what making that bracha before food saying no to that self-talk that's trying to get me into this sad place but those minute actions of living inside of choice instead of reactivity, what happens is that they build up. They build up. They build up in this way where we are almost like filling this well of the superpower. And the more that we fill it, the more that it's actually able to help us the next time that we need access to it. And personally, I've experienced this myself. And it's not, again, it's not that it goes away, but the more that we, the more that we do this work, literally, um, the more that it, comes later and helps us do this work the next time so healing in the way that we think about healing 
may not be possible. Healing in this way of, oh, I'm going to get to this point where I'm never going to struggle again. Yeah, sure. That's not possible. That's not thoughts ever saying that's static. It's not vanity. It's not possible. But healing, when we reframe healing to say, next time I feel a trigger, I'm going to be able to deal with it. I'm going to be able to to breathe through it, to, to get through it in, a, in an even more empowered way. I'm excited for my next trigger because I know that it's going to, I know that it's an opportunity to bring me more into my highest self. That is possible. That is possible to not be, to get to a point where we're not, where we're no longer afraid of this process. We're no longer afraid of our darkness because we've come to a point where our darkness is our opportunities because we have become the chooser. We have become the consciousnesses that's able to look at them and say, you're not who I am. So I'm excited for you to show up again because you've brought me to a higher place last time. You're going to bring me to a higher place again. Ultimately, he will be truly holy and removed from Sitra Akhra. Again, holy meaning separate. Through being greatly sanctified above, meaning that when we do this work, this cosmic shift happens, which then comes back into our reality. This greatness, great um, elevation above comes back into ours as a great aid to remove it from my heart little by little so <clears throat> this was a long recording because there was a lot to be said but to reframing our life's work from I should be dealing with this and I should have gotten rid of this and I should have dealt with this already to, I am the most lucky person in the world. Literally, I'm the most lucky person in the world that I get the opportunity, literally the opportunity to have parts that show up in my life that I get to look at, care for, and say, that I get to look at and say, hi, I, I see you. I know you're not the fullness of who I am. And I'm so excited to deal with you. I'm so excited to work with you and talk with you. Um, and I know that this eagle is going to make me rise, you know, to a higher place than before, way higher. But that wasn't what the altar was said here. That was what the altar was said yesterday. <laughs> but essentially today the altar was saying that Mashiach is actually possible. Like the state of healedness that we're actually able to access. That healedness is not when we stop struggling. Healedness is when we know that we're going to struggle forever. And yet we're not afraid of that. We're not afraid of it because we know that the struggle is not who I am. I am able to deal with my struggle. I'm able to hold my struggle. And so I, I welcome it. I welcome it. Okay, I'm going to struggle forever. Okay, <laughs> I'm here for the challenge. I'm here for this opportunity. I'm, I'm up for this, you know? So l'chaim to being up for our lives <laughs> and knowing that they're not random. Hashem is literally with us every single moment of them and holding us. Okay, I'm going to finish this recording because there's so much more to say, but uh, l'chaim.